2: Money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN.
3: VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. Get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the college basketball championship on April 4th. For only $29. Sign up now. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSon.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so do not miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. I cannot believe the national championship is April 4th. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans, follow the money here. Mitchie and Paulie getting a nice long week
2: off. Well-deserved. I think they got two weeks off. Two weeks off? I'm not sure about that, but uh, I think it might be a two-week vacation. Got to talk to my agent.
3: Let's get Eric Edholm on here from Yahoo Sports. (laughs) Always love catching up with Eric. Uh, And, of course, you know, Eric, Matt and I talked about the Super Bowl here to start off the show today. we got to get your thoughts on it. First of all, what did you make? Were you on the side of the Bengals or the Rams here? Obviously, the Rams don't cash the number here. They do cash the money line. But they don't cover the four and a half. What did you make of Super Bowl Sunday?
4: Yeah, I, I was I was back in the Bengals. I think I had 27-24 as my score. So, I, you know, I think it was, we were all in the same neighborhood points-wise. We all kind of thought, you know, be something like maybe a little bit more, Offensive explosion in this game, and we had a lot of punts in the second half. You know, it started out with gangbusters, but you know, the Bengals obviously can look at their pass protection as as an issue. But you know, punting four straight times, you know, stopped on fourth down to start the game and to end the game. Those were obviously just as turnovers. So you know, winning the turnover battle two nothing didn't really help them because they lost two possessions uh, on the book game. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was Joe Burrow's best game, but he was competitive, just not quite good enough. And that, uh, you know, that defense in the last drive just kind of, just kind of let him down there. And that was that was going to be it.
2: Yeah, the uh, interest, a couple of interesting things came from this game. The Rams were the just the third team in fifty six Super Bowls to learn to lose the turnover margin by two or more and wow. win the game. And the Bengals. Super Bowl teams that committed zero turnovers in the game were nineteen and two wow. prior to Sunday. And yeah. if, you, if you look at that box score, Eric, uh, it looks like the Bengals won the game. You got a Rams quarterback who threw two picks. Uh, they couldn't run the ball. We thought the Rams were going to be uh, tough to run on, but they couldn't run the ball. Twenty three carries for forty three yards. Joe Mixon actually had seventy two yards on the ground. Bengals were turnover free, but yet they came up short. What do you think happened? They're in the second half, uh, after the Bengals took that lead, uh, why did their offense kind of short circuit?
4: They got away from Mixon, didn't they? I mm-hmm. mean, that was there was a stretch there. It was like the best offensive players in of the game were Cooper Cup and Joe Mixon. But, you know, for each team, I think you'd say, sagesty Higgins, maybe or whatever, but but you know, they went the cup went from eight sixty mark of the third quarter. Until the five minute mark exactly in the fourth quarter without touching the ball. That's crazy for an MVP, right? And then on the other side, Mixon, you know, just didn't get enough touches. I think he had 10 touches in each half, but why was he not on the field for the last two minute drive? I can't right? figure that and out. I, I understand, you know, P Ride has been your, your your kind of short yardage backslash two minute back at time, but boy, if I'm running the ball on third and one, you know, that's. Uh, that's my guy. Nixon is the one who has been the better short yardage runner this year, the better runner in that game, the better player in any world we know about. So it was a little disappointing, some of their uh, running back usage.
3: Talking with Eric at home, Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Eric underscore at home. And Eric, to that point, right, you remember the big fourth and one they had on the, what turned out to be the game-winning drive. For the Rams and Sean McVay, they did run an end around for Cooper cup on fourth and one, get the ball in the hands of your best player. They didn't do that with Joe Mixon, which, which drove me absolutely crazy going shotgun and getting P Ryan involved in the last two plays of the game. It's inexplicable, but I do want to get back to Sean McVay. We played at the top of the show. You know, Mitch and Paul were very critical of Sean McVay, not just in the Super Bowl, but really kind of throughout the playoffs and almost kind of that theory that they won in spite of him. Look, Sean McVay, I covered him in Washington, D.C. when nobody really knew who he was. Is that fair criticism of a guy who just won the Super Bowl? Can can you almost say, hey, Sean, you're still young. You can get even better. I, look, you maxed out. You won the Super Bowl, and that is great. And to me, I'm a results-oriented guy. But, Eric, do you think there is some criticism to go around for McVay? Yeah,
4: I mean, look, <laughs> the run game really working. Uh, I will say that that fourth-and-one call was was. One of the best play calls of the game because, you know, usually you see in a short yardage situation, you see that motion like that. You know, assume it's the offense giving the defense some eye candy, right? Like they're going to think, oh, hey, maybe it's a pass. That kind of gets them back on their heels a little bit. And instead, you give it on the jet sweep. He's your best player. You know, at that point, he was probably the best running back, too, uh, given the fact that the O line wasn't opening big holes and you know, the other back didn't seem to be able to see anything that was open up there. So, but yeah, I mean, look, I thought the, the last drive masterclass, everyone's a play calling genius, right? I, <laughs> I understand that there's going to be complaints, but anytime somebody runs the football and it doesn't work, that is like Twitter napalm right there, right? If you, if you consistently try to run the football and it doesn't work, Somebody's going to be up your tail, and it's and it's probably Twitter.com. So, you know, some of it I understood. was frustrating that he kept trying to force the issue, but they did get a couple of solid runs late in the game that ended up helping them. So I get it, but I also love what McVeigh has built. He's he's pretty darn good at what he does.
2: All right, Eric at home with us, of a Yahoo Sports NFL writer. Let's turn the page and uh, look ahead to next season in the NFL. At um, Right here at the Circus Sportsbook, actually you got co-favorites to win the Super Bowl. The Bills and the Chiefs at plus 750. Also near the top of that board, you got the Rams at 10-1. to 1, The Packers, the 49ers, Dave Ross's Cowboys. Woo! Let's go, Eric. This is the year. And the Bengals yeah. down there at 17-1. to 1. <laughs> uh, Packers and Broncos is going to be interesting to see uh-huh. what happens with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Eric, what do you think happens with Rodgers? What do you think might happen with some of the other big-name quarterbacks in the league? Speaking of Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, if he makes it back to the league. And is there a team up there, maybe in the top half of the board, that you think you might find some value in with the Super Bowl futures?
4: Yeah, the the, the Rogers thing, I admit, is is kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit. Because if you'd asked me prior to kickoff in that 49ers game what was going to happen, I would have said, you know what? The ice is starting to thaw. You can see kind of the, the good vibes pouring out, right? The bye week for the playoffs, they... There were a lot of, you know, sort of chummy Aaron Rodgers chats with different media outlets, not just the local guys, and it just sort of felt like they were kind of greasing the wheels for looking Aaron's coming back. Then he loses the game, or they lose the game, and, and I thought, boy, everything has changed. The vibe immediately went cold again, you know. Mm-hmm. But trade the guy; we don't need to have Jordan. Well, everything the Packers have said leads me to believe that they don't necessarily be loved as the answer. or Certainly not right now. And there may have been a time when they felt that way about Rodgers 15 years ago where he wasn't quite ready yet. I I don't know. So it's kind of gone like full circle in the last few weeks to where now I'm starting to think that he really could be back next year and that they do something like a, they rework his deal, make two years, give him, you know, whatever he's, whatever the, the going rate is for superstar quarterbacks. And so uh, that obviously would be a huge dis- disappointment for a team like Denver, which I don't think is banking its hopes on getting Rodgers, but you now clearly they need some sort of veteran upgrade point after passing on guys like Mac Jones and Justin Fields a year ago. I feel like they want to go with the established veteran. So who does that leave? Is Russell Wilson available? I don't know. I don't think so. So, it's going to be real tough for a team like that to, to go find the quarterback they want or the caliber of quarterback. You know, I guess for, for an upper, upper half team, I mean, I don't know. I'm one of those people who foolishly sort of backs the chargers every year. And just says, <laughs> it's going to work. They're due like the Washington Generals. but what years they gonna win? I don't know. I, I maybe I, I a cool answer that one, but I can, I can see it possibly happening.
3: Got a couple minutes to go here with Eric at home on Yahoo Sports. So, Eric, to that point, and it's interesting what you said about Denver. If they don't get Aaron Rodgers, do they go the way of an established quarterback? Oh, or do the Bill Belichick and go find it in the draft like a Mac Jones last year? So, let's look ahead to the NFL draft because very quickly I said on Twitter, what do I do now with football? Over, And they said, bet on the draft. Eric, if you had to pick right now who you think the number one player in the draft will be and or who the number one quarterback will be, which way would you go on each of those very quickly?
4: Yeah, I would say Jacksonville, Doug Peterson. What did he do in Philly? Yeah, he was a quarterback guy, but he built up both lines. So he had, you know, some of them were already kind of built when he got there, but it was clear that they wanted O line and D line to be very strong. That probably makes it assuming Kevon is more of sort of a linebacker type, I would say it's either Hutchinson or Evan Neal. I think those are the two guys that it ends up coming down to, but Maybe they get a trade or something like that. I, I think Evan Neal has a chance to go number one. Would I take him there? I don't know. But that's a player at Alabama who's gonna test well. He's massive. He moves well. Could see him plugging right in and help him pass protect for uh Trevor Lawrence.
2: And quarterback very quickly, Eric. We got about sixty seconds. Can you, he yeah. can he pick it? Are he gonna be the first QB off the board? Maybe
3: <laughs> Yeah, he could be at number six even Carolina. If they're
4: desperate, right? I mean, David Tepper's sorta of banging the drum. We need a QB. If Deshaun Watson's not free or available or not in, you know, legal trouble, maybe that's the guy. If not, pick it. I mean, Matt Rule recruited him to Temple. You know, there's a possibility. He's met ready-made to start right away.
3: All right, Eric, uh, thanks for getting up early in Chicago for us. We really appreciate the time. Follow him on Twitter again at Eric underscore at home. Eric, get back to sleep. And I, I know you got kids, probably going to keep you up for the rest of the day. But we appreciate the time. I'm gonna go driving to school right now. All right, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Eric Kendell. Right. yeah, I can't wait. We're gonna talk much more about the NFL draft as we get ready for the April draft, but it's gonna be a crazy month and a half leading up to it here. I love NFL draft betting. Really? <clears throat> oh yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be telling you this year. Uh, come on back. Much more to get to. We'll get back into the college basketball slate when you come back with us right here. Follow the money on these and these sports betting network. Winners' chief handicapper, Scott Steen, is taking a strong position on tonight's Celtics and 76ers game and loves the side and total and recommends tying them up in a parlay. In the big game Sunday, he released the Bengals and the under to all the Vison listeners, and he's running it right back tonight. Grab your phone now, text Vison to area code 571 winners one for the big parlay. It's free. It's tonight's NBA parlay. We're going to be uh, texting that to you in seconds. Again, text Vison to area code 571 winners one. 571 winners one. Dave Ross alongside Matt Humans. Follow the money right here on VEASAN. And let's talk a little bit more about the golf because I mentioned in the first hour of the program, not only were you a big winner on Sunday when you had Scotty Scheffler, who I look at Scotty Scheffler like, he reminds me of that Dustin Johnson, kind of swashbuckling big fella, hits it a mile, but he also has some touch. You liked him and said, I'm going to play him until he wins, knowing he was primed to win, mm. and he cashed for you, what, 25 to
2: 1? Well, you can make an argument that Scotty Scheffler was the best player on tour who had not won a tournament. Mm. I think that player right now is Will Zalatoris, And uh, I've had three futures here. In 2022 in golf, I actually had Cameron Smith and Maui, Hideki Matsuyama in Honolulu, and then uh, I had Zala Torres at Torrey Pines, and he oh, blew it. Oh, he was so close. He blew it. He was that close to winning the tournament. I thought Scheffler might do the same thing. It looked like he might have blown it. He had to go to a playoff. He wins on the third playoff hole against Patrick Cantlay in the Phoenix Open. He drains a 25-foot putt to win it. That was dramatic. We were here at Circus Sportsbook watching that game. Yeah. It was the Super Bowl had started uh, when the golf playoff was still going on. But Scotty Scheffler cashes a 25-1. to 1. A lot of times I'll start out the year, Dave, with uh, a player who I'm going to bet until he wins. And uh, I did that a few years ago with Xander Shoffley, and he won the first tournament at Maui. So I didn't have to chase him too much. But Scheffler was a guy. I was at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines last summer and trying to follow as many groups as possible. And I, I followed Scheffler for about half the day. On uh, it was either Friday or Saturday, and I loved his game. And uh, I thought that Scheffler to me looked like a guy who was going to be a winner on the tour very soon. He had a lot of close calls; didn't quite get there. I bet him four or five times; didn't get there. Finally, did. I think probably about the fifth time I bet him was this past weekend in Phoenix when he got the win at twenty-five to one. So I didn't have to chase him too much. It's always good to get that win and then move on. Uh, yeah, but three winners already to begin the year is. Pretty astounding. I mean, that's... that's. Look. Well, the way you don't... Handicap to handicapper, too. And I say this a lot, is um, you got to focus on your strengths. It's tough enough to win in sports betting or gambling. If you get outside your comfort zone or outside your area of expertise, it's that much tougher. No doubt. I typically do really well on the West Coast swing to open the year in golf. And then when the tour moves east, I have fewer winners. And that's typically just the way it works. And uh, this year, the, the West Coast swing's been especially good. I, I feel like I should have had four winners. Will Zalatoris didn't come through, didn't well, finish a job at Torrey Pines. But Scheffler uh, gets in the win column, uh, had one matchup. I don't bet a lot of matchups, but uh, I found one I really liked last week with Brooks Kepka a plus 105 over Tony Finau, and Finau missed the cut. So uh, that was an winner. easy winner. And then Kepka was uh, right there until the end with a chance to win it. Uh, but that, that's last week. We go to uh, the Genesis Invitational. Brutal golf. I mean, great golf course, oh, it's but it's awesome. not—it's so, not easy. Some of these uh, golf courses on the West Coast are phenomenal, mm-hmm. and uh, this is another one, Riviera Country Club. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably the tournament that um, I handicapped the best last year. Uh, so I had Max Homa at seventy to one, and I had Tony Finau at thirty to one. Homa and Finau went to a playoff that's, against each other. That's as good as it and, gets. Uh, Finau. Ended up uh, blowing it, and Max Homa cashed at seventy to one. I'm not expecting a repeat <laughs> performance. I'm not going to bet Homa to uh, go back to back either. I think John Robb's, again going to be tough to beat on this course. Dustin Johnson's won here a couple times. DJ, this is basically his home course, by the way. He and Wayne Gretzky play at Riviera, and DJ uh, has been in a slump though. Yeah, I'm not going to play him this week, and I know a couple sharp golf handicappers who do like him at about fourteen to one. But DJ, he won on this course, I think, most recently in 2017. He's got no top 10s since September. No, it's a stat. Uh, so it's a little bit too much of a slump for me to bet him at 14-1. to 1. I've got some plays this week that I like, and uh, we'll talk about those later in the show when we get to in pocket.
3: Well, if you don't mind, very quickly, because I do want to pick your brain on that. Like, situational handicapping, I understand that. But for golf... Do you look at form? Because DJ does not have form right now. He's got course form. He doesn't okay. have current form. Okay, so in the, there is a difference when you do know the golf mm-hmm. course like he does there. It's interesting what you say about Willie Z, because right now I'm seeing about 28-1 uh, to, to to possibly get his first mm-hmm. win uh, this week on tour. Do you like that same theory that you had with Scotty Sheffer, which is? Best player not to win. Form's sure. good for Willie Z, so that's not a bad percentage play
2: at twenty-eight to one that he might cash cash in this week. Uh, I've got Zalatoris in my pocket already, thirty to one this week. So uh, that's that's the next guy I'm going to bet until he wins, and uh, he is going to he's going to pay off. If you bet Zalatoris, he's going to pay you off at some point. Should have been at Tory Pines. It's coming for uh, Will Zalatoris. He's just too good. He's the best player on tour who hasn't won a tournament. He's obviously really young. Doesn't have a ton of uh, experience on tour, but he's going to win. And uh, unfortunately, the odds are coming down on him, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 30 to 1, I think, is still a fair number. Uh, Jeff Sherman into Westgate Superbook. He's a great golf odds maker. Jeff had Scotty Scheffler last week. The one guy Jeff says is going to win, and he's going to bet him until he wins, Maverick McNeely, Ooh. a former star at Stanford. Uh, he was a popular play a couple weeks ago at Pebble Beach. Didn't get there, had kind of a stale tournament. Uh, interesting this week that uh, Maverick McNeely is at 60-1 to 1 at the Westgate and 105-1 mm-hmm. to 1 at Circus Sports. Uh, well, that might be a play for me as well, but we'll get to that at In Pocket.
3: All I'm going to say is, and I'm not trying to dump, for, for those of you that know me well through the years, I'm not trying to dump on Ricky Fowler here, but what you're saying about Willie Z is what they used to say about Ricky Fowler. Yeah. That was for majors.
2: Well, Fowler did win. He won, a, he won, he won players. the Players he won Championship, a players. too. That's right. By the way, you know what the odds on Fowler are this week at Circus Sports? Is it like seventy to one? Obviously, you don't know what the odds are this week at Circuit Sports with I, Ricky Fowler. I don't. I put in a small bet on him last night because I just I laughed. Jeff Davis put up this number, and Jeff's really sharp golf odds maker too. Two hundred and forty to one. The disrespect of Ricky Fowler continues. Guy, Ricky,
3: I'm all two hundred and forty for to one. Stop making commercials. Go win a damn major. Let's well, this
2: is not a major this week. I understand,
3: but, yeah. but look, look it's just, it drives me crazy sometimes when I see the way the tour props up guys, and I get it. People like to talk about them. They've talked about them for a lot of years. Go win a major. It, Phil won one at 50, for God's sakes. He did. He, he, what, he what's what's Ricky? He's still a kid. Still in his 30s. Uh, right? Yeah, he is. I mean, actually. he's not that old. But yet, Whatever. Let's get back to college basketball because I do want to get to some of your plays here. And obviously, the big clash of the night, Matt, is in the SEC We have number four, Kentucky, at number 16, Tennessee. And right now, small favorite at home, almost a pick'em, but minus one right now for the balls.
2: Yeah, it's, we'll do a quick handicap of college hoops and then talk a little bit more about it in the last hour today. JBT's on deck with the mm-hmm. association. We'll talk NBA, but I think Kentucky's going to be a really popular public play tonight. Oscar Tshwete, right now, I think has got to be the player of the year in college basketball. He's he, he, he seems like a 2015 guy every yeah, he night does. out. Uh, the first time these teams played, Kentucky crushed Tennessee 107 to 79. That was one month ago in uh, in Lexington, and this is going to be an electric a- atmosphere tonight in Knoxville for the rematch. I lean Kentucky. I like. Uh, I like this Kentucky team a lot. I think it's going to be a pass for me. When you see Kentucky as a one point dog, it's, it's kind of telling you to bet Tennessee. I'm going to pass on the game. Uh,
3: number 15, Scotty, going to Indiana to take on Wes Reynolds and the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, right now, Indiana, three and a half point favorites right now at home.
2: I'm a little bit surprised by this number, too, but uh, the Badgers are off a bad home loss. They were eight, eight point favorites. Fell to Rutgers, 73-65 to 65 in Madison over the weekend. I was stunned by the outcome of this game. And I know the Rutgers is a capable team, but uh, the Badgers dropping that game at home really surprised me. The first time uh, the Badgers and Hoosiers hooked up, Indiana blew a 20-point first half oh, lead. Oh. And uh, Wisconsin actually covered... Uh, that number. I'm, I'm looking for a big game from Johnny Davis tonight, and uh, I'm taking the Badgers plus three and a half.
3: Number 22, Wyoming, laying five, five and a half on the row ad against New Mexico.
2: I think the, I think the home dogs are going to be live at the pit in Albuquerque tonight. The first time these teams played. we got a lot of conference rematches, too, when you get into the schedule mm-hmm. at this point in February. Wyoming's won six straight, but the Cowboys, luck factor has been off the charts, Dave. Uh <laughs> During the those, those six-game win streak, they've won by two. They've won by six in overtime. they won by seven in a game that actually went to the wire. they won by two. They've won by two in overtime. They've won, won a lot of close games. They actually beat the Lobos 93-91, to 91, the first time these teams played on January 22nd in the Laramie. Lobos are showing a little bit of life here. I think they're going to be live home dogs tonight in the pit. I took the five and a half.
3: All right, so let's we'll see how those games play out tonight. In college basketball. But when we come back, we got a deep card in the NBA. And I don't know if anybody breaks it down here better than Jonathan Von Tobel at VEASAN. So we'll catch up with JVT when you come back with us right here. Follow the money on VEASAN. It is the East Sports Betting Network. And of course we're gonna have Jimmy Caro on in the next hour as well. Come on back, follow the money, peace, peace, sports betting. BetRivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers is daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700. In Nevada, Dave Ross alongside Matt Eumanns here follow the money on Veasan and just got a tweet from uh, Ian McDonald who said, "You mean Ricky Cornikova?" On our last <laughs> conversation about Ricky Fowler, hey right. Ricky, just go win a major and then I'll I won't say another word. I was a big
2: Anna Cornikova fan at the time,
3: as was I. Yeah, let's bring in Jonathan Von Tobel right here. Up early with the kids, we appreciate JVT getting up with us to talk some NBA with seven games. On slate tonight, Jonathan. As we were talking before we started this segment, as you mentioned to us, every game's got an injury concern here with a key player. I know it cannot be easy to handicap. Let's start off with the Celtics and the Sixers. What do you see tonight?
5: Yeah, so the Celtics, one point favorites on the road here, points bet up to two. You know, I'm, I'm not surprised. If you look at Boston, they've won 10 out of 11 games. Their defense has been incredible. They've been holding opponents under 95 points every 100 possessions. and was pretty shorthanded with the trade and James Harden not being available. I just, but the problem with Boston is their offense still isn't that great. If you go back to their win over the weekend against Atlanta, just over a point per possession in the first half, they're down by double digits because their offense is so bad. And against it, Against a team like Philly, you could probably get away with that, but it just leaves me a little wary laying a point, two points on the road here against the 76ers who are going to have Embiid. So I was expecting this to be like Philly minus one and take it with Boston, so it's a little high for me, but I still kind of like
2: Boston here. You know, I wanted to ask you about the uh, Sixers. How did you grade the trade? And uh, with James Harden not going to mm-hmm. play through the all-star break, how do you expect the Sixers team to look different when he is on the, he is on the floor with Embiid? It's. I think the, the
5: grade humans is all dependent on James Harden and how he looks when he comes back, right? right? Because a lot of people forget, and you know me, how much I like James Harden, how much I liked him last year. You know, I was at the forefront of the Harden for MVP campaign. He was a legitimate MVP candidate last year. Like He was really good through the first 33 games for Brooklyn. Uh, he carried that team when Kyrie and KD were hurt, and he was one of the best players in the NBA. This year, not so much. He's dealing with injury, and obviously he kind of quits on him down the stretch. But if he comes back and he's anywhere near the guy he was last year, like this is a really good trade for Philly because he works really well with Joel Embiid. That pick-and-roll combo is going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to work, I think, extremely well on the offensive end. Defense is another question because Embiid doesn't switch and he likes to drop, and that doesn't make Harden comfortable. But I think it could work if you get just a little bit of what Harden was the season ago, you know?
2: All right. Uh, Last night, Seth Curry made his debut for Brooklyn. How about that? 23.7 rebounds, five assists. And the, uh, the Nets took down the Kings, and the Nets were home dogs in that game. Obviously no KD or Kyrie, but Seth Curry uh, stepped up big in that game last night. How do you approach handicapping a card like this? we got seven games in the association today, JVT, and uh, it seems, I think there's an, an injury or a, a player with a questionable status in each of the seven games. Yeah, like so,
5: Dallas, Miami, Jimmy Butler is questionable. Cleveland, Atlanta, you have Bojan Bogdanovic is questionable. John Collins isn't going to play. Indiana, Milwaukee, we don't know what's happening with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Memphis, so we have John Morant who's questionable. (laughs) So like we can go down the list. Charlotte, uh, Gordon Hayward's not playing. So uh, it look for as you know the NBA, especially at this time of year, right, where some teams only have one, two games before the All Star break. It's about getting to the break. And some teams, like we talked about with the Warriors, kind of just want to get out and get to the break and have some days off. And other teams, you might see that they're a little bit more hesitant to throw a guy out there. You know, Miami, for example. What's the importance of throwing Jimmy Butler out there when you have a break on the horizon? He's got shoulder issues, and it's a Western Conference opponent that in the grand scheme of things in the standings might not be that important. So you can kind of maybe hedge a little bit and gamble and expect guys to not play and try to read the tea leaves. But information is key in the NBA, and we know that, right? You know, Cleveland, Atlanta, for example, I kind of like Atlanta there, but I want Bogdanovich to play. And if he's officially ruled out and I bet Atlanta now at plus one and a half, then I could be sitting on plus one and a half on a number that closes like two and a half and, or maybe even three. And so that wouldn't really be the best spot. So I would say on a day like today, it does it behooves you to sit back and wait for the information because even if you miss out on a point, it's not the worst thing in the world
2: because you know that you have the player that you're waiting for to be available. Follow him on Twitter at me, JVT host of the edge. And uh, he will be at the South Point this afternoon for that show. The top game on the rotation is 523-524 uh, Boston-Philly you talked about. How about the bottom? Let's skip down to uh, 535 Clippers and Suns. And I watched the Clips last night. They hit 15 of 34 threes, 44%, overcame a, a big game by Stephen Curry. And the Clips won that game 119-104, to 104, a six-and-a-half point home dogs. But they have a back-to-back here. Uh, clips on the road in Phoenix tonight, catching 12.5 and a total of 222.5.
5: Yeah, and I, like. It- I would always hesitate to lay a number like this against L.A., mainly because they play extremely hard, right? I think you can justify making this number this high. Phoenix is absolutely incredible. Their injury report is relatively clean. Uh, they're my highest power-rated team in the NBA at this point right now. Uh, they deserve to be laying a number like this, especially at home where they've been playing really good basketball. The problem is you know, you get this Clippers team who consistently, like on a in a sport on a night-to-night basis where it's hard to gauge the effort level of a team given the scheduling situation, the Clippers have consistently consistently been a team that goes out there and plays every game. Like it's a play in game, right? Like they will give you an effort uh, from first to second or to last buzzer. And I think that gives me a little pause lane, a big number like this. And the, to give the Clippers credit too, you know when they're fully healthy, they match up relatively well because they got a lot of guys who can score from the mid range. They defend extremely well against the Phoenix Suns, so I think that'll help them out. I would tend to lean here toward taking 13. This is a Clippers team that is really, really wanting to solidify their their standing humans in the the Western Conference Play-in Tournament at the very least to get a shot at making it into the postseason, which they have a very good shot at it. And Phoenix, one of those teams that you know, I don't know if they want to get. Uh, to the all star break, but they're not ones that have as much at stake as the Clippers do here. So if it's up to like 13, 13 and a half where it seems to be heading, uh, I would think that the Clippers are pretty live here tonight.
3: All right, Jonathan Von Tubble, let's talk a little bit about the Pacers and the Bucks tonight because obviously the Bucks, you boy, surprise, surprise last night. Now they're going to lay a big number against the Pacers. We know Indiana's in a full rebuild here. What do you make of this number seen around 12 and a half here on some overnights, down to 11 and a half in some spots?
5: Yeah, Giannis didn't play yesterday, so you want to make sure if Giannis is going to be out there or not. Um, he's had a sore left ankle, so you don't know, again, talking about all-star break, they just want to give him some extra time and let him not play again here today? Uh, but the total, I think, is the more interesting part here, because when you look at this uh, this Indiana team, so we, we've seen this shift, right, uh, about a month ago, Miles Turner gets, gets injured, he's not playing. Uh, He's been out of the lineup for the Indiana Pacers. Malcolm Brogdon has been in and out of the lineup. Hasn't really looked good in terms of his Achilles issue that he's been dealing with uh, all year long. And he's questionable, again, like he is every single day. (laughs) But if you go back uh, to, let's see, January 22nd, uh, only one game has gone under the total for this Indiana Pacers team. Uh, This is a team that doesn't play any defense in any way whatsoever. But the offenses that they're throwing out there and the lineups thrown out there are surprisingly efficient. And so you've seen t- totals of 240 and a half still go over the total. You're seeing 230, 224 and a half. You know the market's starting to catch up with this, but these games are still going over the total. And especially if Giannis is going to play today, uh, this seems like it's going to be yet another high-scoring affair here for the Indiana Pacers. Only one game has gone under the total so far through the stretch, and that would be that Cleveland game back on the sixth. But that's Cleveland who plays agonizing slow
4: and
5: <laughs> and really good defense. So I would look at this total. It seems pretty high, but I mean, this team has consistently been
2: poor defensively, but still surprisingly efficient on offense. Good analysis, sir. You talked about Jimmy Butler. How about the Dallas Miami game tonight? The Heat three and a half point home favorites total of uh, two eight and a half. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, Jimmy Butler
5: questionable and uh, Tyler Hero is not going to play either. Uh, so that really hurts the Heat's chances. I think a lot of people would look at Miami, who has been one of the best cover teams in the NBA, I think they're second right now in cover rate, and see only three and a half at home. But but this is the reason why. And the don't worry, the Mavericks have their own injury issues, too. If <laughs> you're looking at the injury report, Tim Hardaway Jr., of course, out at that foot surgery. So I think at the end of the day, when you're looking at this, it would be Mavericks or pass humans, because if, if you don't get Jimmy Butler out there, it's a massive blow on top of already having Tyler Hero. You know, you and I have talked about this, like I like this Miami Heat team, and they have been extremely good, despite some of the personnel issues they've had all year long in terms of injuries and absences and COVID. I think they have the third most games lost to injury at this point right now in the NBA season and still the top seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, But Dallas, the way that they've been playing defensively, again, playing at a really slow pace and keeping these games pretty tight, it's been their defense that has really carried them up to this point. I would think they'd be pretty live to stay within a number like this, especially if the Heat are going to be
2: shorthanded tonight. All right, Dave Ross really wants to make a push here for Demar DeRozan to uh MVP. Be an MVP, a viable MVP candidate. You're Vincent Senior NBA analyst. Buy or sell on Demar DeRozan uh right now, what's the best number you can find out there in the market? He had 40 points last night in the Bulls win. Uh well, I hope
5: so. I've got him at 66 to 1 uh, <laughs> to win MVP. Uh and he's the best number I found out there right now is like 45 to 1. Uh, to win it. And I think it's starting to adjust after yesterday. I look, I think he does. You know, I tweeted this out yesterday. You're talking about a bulls team that is a half game out of the Eastern conference lead right now. Zach Levine has been in and out of the lineup. Their two best perimeter defenders are out due to injury. Right. And this dude has put up numbers that Michael Jordan never did as a bull. Right. When you're talking about six consecutive games, of 50% shooting or better, um, but 30 point, uh, 35 or more points. Like he's been incredible what he's done for the Chicago bulls. So I think he's, I'll put it this way. He is one of the five best players in the NBA today, right? You finish in the top five in MVP. If he's not in the top five in terms of odds, there's
3: value on him. Totally agree with that evaluation. Again, as we talked about Joel Embiid, probably missed a little time. He traditionally does. Hey, Jonathan, appreciate the time and the information. As always, again, follow him on Twitter at me, JVT. We'll catch up with you again soon. When we come back here, Billy Walters. If you missed any of the interview, we got some great highlights for you. Come on back. Follow the money on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights of where the money and bets are moving for every game. You're going to be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line overrunners and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game. At VEASAN.com. Follow the money, Dave Ross, alongside Matt Humans, right here on VEASAN. And it's been a a very interesting week, obviously, leading up to the Super Bowl. But whenever you get a sit-down with Billy Walters, who, by the way, had done one previous interview, and that was with 60 Minutes, Mm -hmm. and then to sit down uh, with our guys here, VEASAN, of course, Brent Musburger, and, and get his thoughts on being the Michael Jordan of sports gambling, and that's in fact what he is. I don't think it's arguable. He is the greatest winner we've seen, right? Whether or not yeah. the best handicapper, but certainly the best winner, Matt. That is um, that's a rare occurrence when you get to sit down with Billy. And I think it's very interesting what he had to say.
2: Well, it's also great to have a you know a Hall of Famer like Brent Musburger there <laughs> to ask the questions. Right. And, uh, it was, this was a great thing for V-Cent over the weekend on Sunday morning to have the Billy Walters interview. And Jimmy Vaccaro was there as well, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Brent, Billy, and Jimmy. And uh, you know, I know some people on Twitter expressed some disappointment. Well, the Billy Walters didn't say that much. What did you really expect him to say? He he kind of said what I expected, which was uh, not a whole lot insightful. I did think he had some pretty good quotes in there. There were there was a, some good information. I kind of figured that Billy was going to be pushing something, and we found we found out that he's got a book coming out, mm-hmm. which is going to be a, a lot more insightful than the interview. But this was a, really was a great promotion for VCN to have uh, Billy on uh, from Michael's, uh, the restaurant at uh, South Point, and uh, there's some stuff we can talk about here and kind of break down this interview. If you if you saw it, or if you didn't happen to see it. Uh, let's get to the highlights.
3: Yeah, and one of them is they really pressed him on, on picks, right? And and Billy didn't want to Well, go you have
2: there. to. If, if it's airing on the day of the Super Bowl, you have to ask for a we pick a on the game. You have from the most successful sports gambler of all time. Who do you like in the game? Let's hear what Billy Walters had to say when Brent pressed him.
6: Yeah, we have a Super Bowl coming up, and yeah. I could make a case for both teams. <laughs> but which one which one,
4: Billy could put his money
6: on now? Yeah, well, uh. that's that's another larger conversation for another time. <laughs> but uh, I I do have an opinion this week, and I, and I have a very strong opinion this week. There's an old saying, you know, there's a million ways to lose a horse race. There's only one way to win one. <laughs> and uh, same thing that goes with football bets. Yeah, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be... Uh, uh, you got teams that are opposites in a lot of ways, and uh, so it's going to be interesting how it shapes up. But I do have a very strong opinion. Come on, my man. Which yeah. which
3: side you leaning to now? Well, uh,
6: this is one I've got to uh, I've got to kind of leave that alone. I've never been accused of being uh, uh, a tout. Not going to be a tout. He's not going to
3: tell Brent right then and there. And I'll, I'll we'll be curious to find out which way his lean went. But
2: he's going to play close to the vest. I mean, when you're the when, Again, if you're the Michael Jordan of sports gambling, right? That's what Chris Andrews called him, by the way. The South Point Sportsbook director said Billy's the Michael Jordan of sports gambling. They're not going to tell you. Chris is right.
3: Right. They're not going to tell you everything you want to know.
2: They're going to keep some things close to the vest. Well, I found out who he liked in the game. Who did he like? Uh, So I got it from three very good sources that Billy was on the Rams. Now, I don't know for a fact because... All the sources said was he was on the Rams. I don't know if he played the money line, if he laid the points. Maybe he did both, but I can tell you he was on the Rams.
3: And again, I think we saw, it felt like all week, the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, they were waiting for the Rams money to come in, Mm -hmm. right? And we saw it dip down as low as three and a half in some places from four and a half. And then it got back up to four and a half. So that Rams money did come in late. And as we talked about off the top of the show, it was a great Super Bowl for the books out here in Las Vegas. So, you know, again, that that's what they wanted. They did not want the Rams covering and or the Bengals winning.
2: The ideal outright. scenario for the books was the Rams Perfect. to win but not cover. So the Rams by one, two, or three, and that's the way it played out. You and I did uh, a pregame show mm-hmm. here from Circa on uh, Sunday, and Jeff Stoneback from uh, MGM told us they had 26-figure bets, 18 of them on the Rams. Uh, we stepped out and uh, watched the start of the game with Derek Stevens. Derek checked with uh, Matt Metcalf here at the book at Circa. He said nine of their 10 most respected bettors were on the Rams. That's a combination of uh, point spread and money line plays. Some of those bets were on the money line. So some of those bets were winners.
3: And by the way, they get out to a 13-3 lead, botch the extra point, and you're like, well, this is easy. I mean, they're just rolling, and then some crazy things happen. The Odell Beckham Jr. injury. And we saw what happened there with that interception after the first play where Jalen Ramsey's helmet got yanked right and everything changed in the blink of an eye as the Rams come up. Uh, they didn't cover, of course, but they do get the outright win if you took the money line. Uh, Billy had some very interesting things to say as well about Sportsbook and the betting expansion that we've seen, right? And I know that the prop scenarios are exploding before our very eyes and certainly the NFL now being in bed. Uh, with gambling, which had been kind of wink-wink for generations almost. And now it's kind of open. Let's hear what Billy had to say about sporting sports betting expansion.
6: But I think there's an enormous opportunity to, to expand sports betting uh, throughout the United States. And it's something, from my perspective, it should have been done Many, many, many years ago, I mean, it creates jobs. It creates taxes. Uh, You know, it takes uh, an element out of the business that uh, probably shouldn't be there. Uh, It protects the public. People can get paid if they win. Uh, Everything about it, from my perspective, is positive. Uh, The problem is, is uh, clearly we've already allowed a monopoly to take place. You've got a handful of people control it.
3: Well, there it is, and again, I mean, look, in the 80s, I had a football notebook that I kept of lines that I liked. This is in the 80s, mm-hmm. right, when I was a kid, and because it was taboo, and now that it's it's wide open, to Billy's point here, it, it can be a job creator <laughs> in certain places. It, there are a lot of positives. We understand the downfalls of it as well, but, I mean, it's not going back. The genie's not going back in the bottle, right, Matt?
2: You can't put the toothpaste back nope. in the tube if you want to use cliches like that, but I think uh, what Billy said there was interesting too. And consolidation's are bad for the business. We, we want more books, more yes. unique lines. We want more operators. Uh, sometimes when you get a monopoly, like Billy mentioned, that it can be a negative thing for the business. But in general, I think it, it's it's crazy what's happened here in the past five years, and crazy in a good way. You say it was taboo in the '80s. Sports betting was taboo as recently as like 2015 it's in the insane. mainstream media, and all that changed anyway. Let's hear some more. Uh, we got three minutes left here. Mm-hmm. Let's hear some more from Billy Walters.
6: A lot of the people that think they understand analytics today, they can't spell analytics. <laughs> I see a lot of I see a lot of very poor coaching decisions, and where coaches coaches are blaming when they ask why they made some real dumb decision that a gambler would never make in a million years, they say, "Well, we did it because of analytics." But I've seen some of the dumbest coaching decisions I've ever made since people started employing analytics that don't understand analytics. The person who's asking the question normally would have a follow-up question, right? Exactly. But they, they don't know the follow-up question to ask because they don't understand it either. Boom. Nailed it. It's what I've been saying. Coaches hide
3: behind analytics. All you have to do now is if you get Chris analytics, I follow the chart. Well, what is the chart?
2: What is the analytics? So I think Billy kind of well, laid a, it out well, it's a win probability chart that – Obviously, uh, you know you talk about the Chargers' coach. You can talk about Zach Taylor mm-hmm. and uh, a, a decision or two he he made in the Super Bowl. Um, you know that's actually a deeper discussion. It, it is. take a while to get into, but I think that uh, uh, what what Billy said there is right. That uh, you know sometimes when you hear announcers, where you hear broadcasters or coaches talk about analytics. It's such a broad yes. term. Um, there's a lot of there's a gray area there, and the, I think most people just really don't know what they're talking about. Just uh, totally throw out the term analytics, and uh, it's covered. That explains
3: it. It covers. It's, it's exactly right. It's you can not just that cover. It, it is not that simple. There's a lot of nuance to it.
2: Again, the full But you know what? Also, I'll say this too: that a lot of gamblers, a lot of sports betters, <clears throat> would be better at managing games and making decisions than coaches are. As as sports betters, we when we're playing games, we're going through different scenarios in our head and how things could unfold. I think a lot of us become very, good, become very good at game management decisions and things like that. Hey, one last thing. Let's hear from Billy about his upcoming book.
6: We've been working on it now two years, uh, two plus years. I'm doing a book for uh, multiple reasons. I think I can help a lot of people. And, uh, and, I, and I'm going to put in 64 years of everything that I've learned about gambling and sports betting. And I'm going to include in the book uh, everything that I know, whether it be technical or non-technical. And the name of the book is going to be Chicken or Feathers. So uh, in the gambling world, uh, it's either chicken or feathers. Uh, It's chicken one day and feathers the next. So that's the name of the book. And I, I think it'll probably not only sum up my career as a professional gambler, but it'll sum up my life in general, too. There it is. got to check it out. The full interview is
3: on VEASAN Live YouTube channel or at VEASAN.com. It is uh, very interesting, and that book will be very interesting as well. When we come back, some news and notes around the NFL and maybe how it might affect some of your future plays, and Jimmy Ficaro is going to join us next hour as well. Come on back. Follow the money right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.